Welcome to the Upbeat Podcast, powered by CoachArt, a show that's dedicated to providing resources for families impacted by childhood chronic illness. For articles, videos, and show notes, visit our platform at theupbeat.coachart.org. Hello, everybody. This is Greg with the Upbeat uh, and also the executive director of CoachArt, a nonprofit that does free arts and athletics for any child impacted by any chronic illness currently in LA, the Bay Area, and San Diego, and looking to expand to new cities uh, in the next few years. Um, thank you so much for joining us on The Upbeat, our podcast that is dedicated to social and emotional tips for parents who are impacted by chronic illness. Uh, today, uh, we're joined by a very special guest. Uh, we'll be having a conversation with Kendall Hardy, a grandmother, human resources professional, and most importantly of all, uh, from our perspective, a volunteer for kids impacted by childhood chronic illness here at CoachArt. Uh, I have heard Kendall say that helping others is one of the best ways to help yourself. And she has certainly been so helpful to CoachArt families in the Northern California area. So much so that last year, uh, our organization CoachArt honored her as our Bay Area Volunteer of the Year, which is why I say she's a particularly special guest. So Kendall, thank you so much for talking with us today. Absolutely, Greg. It's my pleasure. And so you have been coaching Coach Art Kids in sewing and cooking. Um, and I understand that that's something that your grandmother taught you to sew and taught you a few other activities that sort of shaped your uh, upbringing. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes. Uh, my father's mother, my paternal grandmother, was a seamstress. Uh, she could sew anything. You could show her a picture or describe what she wanted, and, and uh, she could manage or create the pattern. And when I was about eight, she started teaching me how to sew. And some of my fondest memories are at the dining room table, cutting out patterns and just spending time with my grandmother, learning about her growing up and why she did some of the things she did. And it was just, it's a special time. I, I still, every time I sew, I feel as if I'm sewing with her. That's so interesting, especially because we always talk about the sort of two components of coach art that are positive for the kids' social and emotional well-being, And it's sort of the, the activity itself and the connection that you have to the person who, who's teaching it to you. And it's really interesting. We always sort of talk about them as two unrelated topics, right? It's like engaging in this activity is really good for this child in such and such way and then having this bond. But the intertwining of them is, is a really interesting idea as well and sort of a powerful concept. I agree wholeheartedly. You never know really how any interaction with anyone, child or adult, may impact them. And, you know, if you always approach things with positive intent and goodwill, somewhere down the line, hopefully that individual will remember it and pay it forward. Yeah, absolutely. Speaking of which, so I understand that before you moved to California and started volunteering with CoachArt, uh, you volunteered with another organization that helps kids who are de dealing with serious illness. And so one of the things we're trying to do is sort of highlight as many resources that are out there across the country as possible. Can you tell us a little bit about the organization that you had previously been involved with? 
Yes, um, it, it was called uh, Smile, A Case for Smiles, and it was uh, making pillowcases for children in hospital, at, you know, for long extended periods of time, so cancer treatments or some type of rehab. And um, as soon as a child is admitted to the hospital, the very first thing they do is pick out a pillowcase that they want for themselves that they keep. And um, it sounds like a very, very minor thing, but generally hospitals are drab and, you know, not definitely not a fun place to be. And the pillowcases have, you know, cute designs on them. They're bright, they're cheery. And again, the child keeps it. Um, and, you know, I, I would sew this, the uh, pillowcases and my stepmother would wash them and dry them and my father would iron them and pack them up to be delivered. So oh, wow. it's really a family, a family event. And, um, you know, if I may, just want to share a story. I never expected to meet the children. I never delivered the, the pillowcases. I just sewed them. And I, in Philadelphia, the Philadelphia Phillies had an event where they were helping this organization raise money. And I was there meeting you know, fans and talking about the program. And a young lady came up to me and she asked if I in fact was a volunteer. And I said, yes, you know, was she interested? And she said, no, um, but when she was 19, she was diagnosed with cancer. And while she was 19, she still went to a children's hospital. And over the patent, the next three years, she was admitted regularly. And each time she got a new pillowcase. Oh, wow. And she said that that was, while it wasn't fun being in the hospital, that was the, the highlight of going. And uh, she's cancer free. She's been in remission for, for at the time that she was talking to me. And she was going to school, college to be a nurse. And when she went, her mother had made a quilt out of all of the pillowcases. Oh my gosh, that's so sweet. It was. And like I said, I never expected to meet anyone. And I mean, I start crying, she starts crying. And again, you think it's a pillowcase, what's the big deal? But when a child is scared and, and or even a, a young adult is scared, the creature comforts really, really do help. Absolutely, that, that totally makes sense. Um, and one of the most interesting thing, well, one thing that jumps out to me is the idea that the two organizations that you've been involved with were literally, you know, when uh, children are being admitted to the children's hospital and then with CoachArt, they always get involved when they're being discharged from the children's hospital. Mm -hmm. And so sort of at, at either end of, of their experience. But one of the things that most surprises me about your experience with that organization is you're so good with the kids themselves and you have such an amazing sort of presence with them. It's hard to imagine you in a capacity where you were sort of behind the scenes and not involved with the kids. Do, was, was that part hard? Did you, do you feel like you had the same level of skill with the kids at, at that stage? And just, you know, it was hard not to be able to use it or, or what? How was it different? Not, um, uh, you know, tell, tell me a little bit about that. So we would, this organization would periodically hold fundraising events or fun events for children that were recently released from hospitals. So 
in Philadelphia, there's a place called the Please Touch Museum for Children, and we hosted a sleepover for the children and their families. But during the day, it was a fundraiser, and people came in, and you know, we were sewing the pillowcases, a group of us, and a, a small child came up and asked if I could show the child how to make a pillowcase because he wanted to make a pillowcase for his friend that was still in the hospital. Wow. So I taught him and then that became a thing. Even though that was not the purpose of the event, I started teaching children and families. And this was one of the, the nicest things. There was a family of five generations, all men. Um, the youngest was five and the oldest was 82. And each of them made a pillowcase. I can't say it was difficult not actually interacting with the children. I knew it was for a good cause. Mm -hmm. um, we couldn't take the sewing to the hospitals just because of health reasons. So this was the best that I could do. But I mean, I always help children um, in some way, shape or form. So, yeah. And it almost sounds like you started your own little mini coach art chapter there, you know, <laughs> basically starting exactly what you do now, formalized with coach art, but, but on, a, on an informal basis. And all, all the more reason why maybe one day um, there will be a coach art chapter and uh, other volunteers will, you know, be in a formal way teaching sewing in, in Pennsylvania to, to similar families. I think that that would be fabulous. Um, again, Every, all children, all people have the capacity to learn and to have fun. And if you're capable of helping someone learn how to do something, I think we're called to do that. Yeah, that's, that's a really beautiful thought. Um, and you talked about the entire, your entire family getting involved with the creating the pillowcases. I know you have a daughter. Uh, mm -hmm. Have you sort of passed along the value of helping others to her and and how how do you how do you pass that along in your family uh so uh, i have an adult daughter who um has volunteered since kindergarten she went wow she went to quaker schools and uh quakerism requires that no matter your age everyone volunteers so for like Martin Luther King Day at kindergarten, they couldn't volunteer at a, a project, but their job was to make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches for the older children who would be going out for service. So it is something that, you know, she has done. But even before then, before she started school, every Christmas before uh, I would tell her before Santa could bring her any new toys, she would have to gather up toys that she didn't play with anymore. And we would take them to an orphanage, an orphanage and spend the day at an orphanage giving out the toys and playing with children. So it's, it's just something that, again, I feel that everyone has something to offer, no matter your circumstances. There's always someone that can benefit from something that you have to offer, whether that be your time, talent, or finances. Uh, my grandchildren, uh, who are eight and four, uh, volunteer as well. Um, every Martin Luther King Day, they actually clean up uh, the shoreline near their home. And throughout the school year, they volunteer with, you know, helping out with building things for art projects. And last year, my grandson did a lemonade stand to help the children that were being detained to raise money to help 
legal defense for them. Um, so he just went out to the neighborhood park. He, he, everybody in California has lemon trees. So he made lemonade, went out to the park and raised, and I, you know, for a seven-year-old at the time, he raised $80, which I thought was pretty amazing. That's incredible. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, so one of the things, sort of topic I want to uh, explore with you. Uh, so we have a lot of parents who listen, who ha- you know have children who who have a chronic illness, and then you get this interesting perspective through Coach Art, where you see those kids sort of a, a little bit removed from their parents. The parents are always on site, but um, sort of interacting with each other. What kind of skills do you think are, are developed when, when those kids are in that community with other kids who, who are going through something similar? What are some things that you see that, that you think um, uh, are, are important for, for parents to be aware of uh, in those settings? The first thing that I noticed is how accepting and supportive the children are of each other. And, you know, sometimes children have a little meltdown or get frustrated in every single session where something like that has happened, the other children have rallied around the one child and encouraged them. And I think just being in a safe space, in a place where you know no one's going to make fun of you, where everyone's trying their best, just has to feel comfortable and fun. And isn't that what we all want, to feel comfortable and to be able to be ourselves? Absolutely. And with Coach Art, we have a lot of, of students who have come for a really long time and, and have been involved with the organization over time. But on the flip side, is there anything that you notice when kids are first getting involved with the program or, or might be fairly new to it for the sort of change, or even for the kids who have been involved for a long time, the sort of impact that programs like this and in either side of either the actual activities or the, the mentorship component you know, what kind of positive impact that has on on a child who's going through something like this? So I I think back to the very first child that I coached, and this was in her home. And when I met with her, she was very quiet, very timid, afraid she was going to break the machine, afraid she was going to do something wrong. And I just assured her that she couldn't break the machine and there's nothing that she could do that we couldn't fix. And I told her that I had been doing this for a long time and I promised her that she would be successful. And, you know, so we went through the first session, she practiced and you're still a little timid. The second session, she smiled. The third session, she was laughing. And her, her guardian said that they had not heard her laugh like that, period. And... I think, again, just knowing that you're capable of doing something, feeling comfortable with the person that's teaching you how to do something, and just, you know, relating to them at their level, it's just what I wish everybody was able to do. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. One thing we talk about when we think about the kids, and, and basically that same question, is that when you get a diagnosis, often everybody around you is talking about what you can't do. You know, that the baseline is what Mm -hmm. you used to be able to do. And it's either these are things that you can't do anymore from the baseline of what you used to be able to do, or these are things that you might not be able to do in the future from the baseline of what you used to be able to do. And just flipping that for for a small period of time and saying, oh, look at this thing that you can do today that you couldn't do last week. That the sort of 
focusing on, on an element of growth at a time when so many kids are, are entirely focused on, on things that they were able to do that they couldn't do last week. You know, the, the, that element of it. And it sounds like there's a, some, somewhat of that in what you're describing there as well, of just seeing, oh, look, I, I am able to develop a skill that I didn't have before, you know, even, even though I'm going through this situation. Exactly. And, you know, with both cooking and sewing, you actually have something that you can use. So, you know, whether it is a pillow or a, a backpack or sushi, you know, something that you made with your hands that you can use or give to someone else. Again, it's just, it's a good feeling. That's a great point. I also understand uh, you've seen the coach art kids help one of the volunteer coaches who is struggling with a project. Can you tell me that story as well? Well, actually, it was the coordinator of Coach Art. Um, one of our projects was to make a pillowcase, and the program coordinator wanted to make a pillowcase for her nephew. And she had low vision, but she just, for whatever reason, she just could not sew a straight line. She could not get the pillowcase to line up properly, and she was really struggling. And all of the children stopped because they could see she was getting upset and went over to her and just said, Coach Melissa, you know you can do this. You know you can do it. We know you can do it and we'll help you. And they all, you know, helped her a little bit. They showed her what to do. And she completed her pillowcase. Her nephew was happy. And again, it's just, it's such a community, such a caring community for the children, for the adults, for the parents. It's, it's just a good place to be when so many things can go wrong to know that no matter what, they're there to help one another and to be supportive. It's just, it's a beautiful thing. Wonderful to hear. And especially from you where you've seen so, so many of those moments, you know, up close, which again is one of the reasons why, why we were so thrilled to be able to honor you as the, the Bay Area Volunteer of the Year um, last year for Coach Art. So Kendall, I wanted to thank you so much uh, for joining us on the podcast today and, and for telling some really amazing stories about uh, the transformations that, that you do see in the moments that you do see uh, with kids in, in programs like this. Um, and on behalf of all of the Coach Art families, we're so lucky um, that you uh, did relocate to Northern California for one and, and um, got involved with Coach Art and have had uh, such a huge impact on, on so many kids. Uh, so thank you so much for both for today and for everything that you do uh, for Coach Art Kids. Thank you, Greg. And I'm, I'm just so glad that I found the Coach Art organization and you know, just had the opportunity and will continue to have the opportunity to meet such great children and families and to encourage them to do whatever they set out to do. Well, thank you again so much. Thank you. Take care. You can find more content like this at theupbeat.coachart.org, where we have blog posts, podcasts, and YouTube clips, as well as a Facebook group that you can join and share your own helpful advice with other families who are dealing with social and emotional questions about kids going through chronic illness. So we hope to see you there. Thanks so much.